Okay, so this is the final part of this pre-orientation orientation course that I had to take. And what it focused on was constitutional interpretation. And to do so, to illustrate the point Tinker v. Des Moines uh, was used, and it's probably because I'm going to Drake, and so Tinker Des Moines is a very uh, famous case that was based in Iowa. But constitutional interpretation... Uh, the Constitution is the founding document of our country. And it does two things. First, it establishes the form of government. Uh, it established a federalistic form of government where we have a federal government and state governments, and they work hand-in-hand hand, but separate from one another. And then second, through amendments, it protected the rights of citizens from government overreach. And so understanding how these amendments work and how they change the structure of government uh, can be difficult to understand, but it's illustrated by several Supreme Court cases. <clears throat> Excuse me. And to illustrate this principle, uh, we use Tinker v. Des Moines. So Tinker v. Des Moines, uh, the background here is the Tinkers attended high school and junior high school in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, they gathered together uh, in December to... A protest the Vietnam War, or at least the cruelties of the Vietnam War, and uh, to petition for a peace treaty. Uh, to do so, they were to wear armbands on a specific day and fast on two days, I think December 19th and New Year's Day, or New Year's Eve, one of the two days. Um, and the principal, upon hearing about this, he banned the use of armbands in the school, and anybody who was found wearing an armband would be suspended uh, until the students complied with the school policy. And the Tinkers filed a complaint, uh, which was dismissed by the trial court, uh, upheld by the circuit court because it was a split vote, and if it's a split vote, then the trial court decision stands, and then it's brought before the Supreme Court. Okay, so the legal question at hand is, did the school violate the student's First Amendment right by restricting students from wearing the armband? And the holding is that, yes, this is symbolic protected speech. It was not disrupted to the school activities, and so uh, it is a violation of First Amendment rights, and it was reversed and remanded back to the circuit court. Okay, so for this analysis, is the court determines that this is a free speech issue, First Amendment issue, uh, and it has a conflict with government interest in maintaining school authority. It's also important that uh, the court notes that this is an issue where the speech at hand is considered pure speech, and that is, it means it restricts the, it, it, it needs to have the highest uh, protection that the Supreme Court can provide, which that is called strict scrutiny. Uh, that means that the school needs to have a high um, governmental interest, a compelling governmental interest, and it needs to be narrowly tailored. So the district argued that the compelling interest was to maintain the classroom environment. And, and when I say district, I mean the school district. Uh, it, they wanted to maintain a classroom environment that was free from disturbance. However, this falls and fails because the use of the armbands was not creating a distracting environment. 
And the Supreme Court says that a fear of disturbance is not enough of a compelling reason uh, to have this policy. So the court argues the policy was not used to limit disturbance, but instead it was in direct response to the protest that was going on at hand because... And so the court and the school can't limit the controversy because of a fear of controversial topics. And so that's really what this case ended up saying is there was no disturbance. If there was a disturbance, it might be seen, but there was no disturbance. So there's no governmental compelling interest there. And it wasn't narrowly tailored because it was a direct response to the students who were planning on wearing the armbands. One thing I did notice from this case, and I find it interesting, is that it used both common and statutory law. Um, it, it's it's a bit of a combination of all three forms of law that we have discussed, uh, common, civil, and constitutional interpretation. Uh, the case was tried because of a civil uh, law, because of a, uh, a civil law, uh, governmental regulation, you could say. Uh, but the court was asked to determine the constitutionality of that, and it used common law in part of its analysis to say, here's why this policy wasn't constitutional. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials. And the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.